a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to this, uh, what is it, Tuesday? Tuesday, is this, it's Tuesday, right, Maria? Oh, okay, Maria says it's Tuesday. Welcome to this Tuesday episode of Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We're going to cover a lot of ground today. We're going to start by looking at uh, 3,000 students. Well, actually, we're not going to look at them because we're not sure where they are. Salt Lake City School District has reported a drop in enrollment uh, from 23,000 to now 20,000 students. And the, the district believes that was largely a result of COVID-19 changes. And yesterday, we, we, we learned this just yesterday. In fact, it was during one of Maria's newscasts. Uh, she let it be known that 3,000 students from the Salt Lake City School District were no longer on the rolls. And I immediately started to speculate. That's, <laughs> that's kind of what I do around here. <laughs> My initial speculation was that because Salt Lake City, well, you have to decide or what sets Salt Lake City School District apart from the other districts right now. Well, uh, the decision was made by school leadership there that they would be uh, in remote-only status for a while. That's where they are right now. And, you know, hopefully at the end of this term when things are reassessed, the numbers are right uh, and sufficient to welcome students back into the classroom. But it's, it's unknown right now. And as it stands, uh, Salt Lake City School District is uh, remote only. I supposed that because so many parents are eager to get back uh, to some semblance of a normal routine, uh, you know, something that they enjoyed before coronavirus showed up in the spring, that they would possibly transfer, you know, because you can do that here in Utah, you transfer to another district that's offering in-class learning and just sacrifice the extra drive time. Right. So they can get back into the workplace, get back to something of a routine, uh, let their children, you know, who, who depend so much on uh, like face to face interaction, the social development in the classroom is good, is good and preferred. Uh, well, then we went digging into what is happening in the other districts. Alpine is down 200 students. Canyons down 900 students. Granite down 500 students. Further out, severe down 60. North San Pete. 50. Jordan and Davis, those will be some helpful numbers once we're able to get them. Those likely won't be available to us until the 1st of October. So if we see some sort of massive boom there, uh, well, that'll help explain things. Uh, But for right now, uh, there is a big question mark uh, lingering. And to help me try to sort this out, I have uh, on the line Yandri Chatwin, someone who you have heard from uh, often uh, throughout this this school year and the lead up to the school year, spokesperson for the Salt Lake City School District official title, uh, very impressive, Executive Director of Communications and Community Relations. Yandri, thanks for joining me. How are you? Good. Happy to be here. All right, 3,000 students we have learned are, are no longer on the rolls uh, in Salt Lake City School District. Do you have any idea where they are? That's a really great question, and the short answer is we do not. We don't track any sort of exit data. We just know that we have 
3,000 fewer students registered than we did at this time last year. How does that stack up historically? I, I know that enrollment certainly fluctuates. What are you seeing over, say, the past number of years? Yeah, it does. Unfortunately, we've actually been trending downward in enrollment over the last several years. Uh, a number of factors go into that, the housing crisis in Salt Lake, um, gentrification of the city, especially on the west side. But 3,000 is definitely a lot larger than we've seen. It's fluctuated anyway between a couple hundred to about 900. So 3,000 is quite a big jump. Uh, any any idea at all? I, you, you heard me explaining that my initial speculation was that they uh, maybe ha- had transferred to other districts who were offering in-school options. Uh, that doesn't necessarily seem to be the, the, the case right now. Is it, is it possible that there is uh, some sort of, uh, say, socioeconomic divide that is preventing uh, you know, information from getting to you know, the parents and the students who need it? Are, are there some kids out there who may just not be uh, aware or have the, the technology and the access to technology to, to get enrolled and they're just kind of hanging out? Yeah, all of those things can be factors. Of course, COVID is playing a big part in this. But this year, again, because of COVID, our registration took place online only. Typically, we'd have events at the schools where families could come into the neighborhood school, get their kids registered, find out what they need to do in person. Unfortunately, we didn't have those events. So we know that in our district, we do have a large tech gap. That means that a lot of families don't have a home computer, let alone access to the Internet, to be able to register their students. Because of that, a lot of our schools have done home visits. Teachers and administrators have gone out to students' homes. You know, students we knew were here in the spring saying, hey, it's time for school again. Let's get you registered. Um, They've taken laptops, school supplies out to students. So we're hopeful that when we see the final numbers tonight, that we'll see a bump in that 20,000. You've been on some of these visits yourself. You've knocked on door to door to to interact with families and to get them connected with the schooling. What was that? What's that like? I've not done the door to door. I, you know, our teachers are amazing and they've done a lot of that work. Um, I have gone to one big enrollment event at the Park Place Apartments. This is an apartment complex where we have a lot of families. We know um, our students at Liberty Elementary, at Clayton Middle School, some of them go to East High School. And so these schools have taken turns coming into the community, setting up in the courtyard, bringing laptops, uh, you know, playing games for the younger siblings, just making it a community event, of course, keeping in mind the social distancing guidelines, but getting to families that way because we knew that students were there. They just hadn't registered online for school yet. And we were able to capture quite a number of families that way. So across the district, this has been going on, and we're hopeful that those numbers will will go up. Talk to me about what is expected tonight. Uh, a new batch of data will be released tonight. Uh, what, what are we? What will we learn tonight? What what, uh, what data is coming out? So tonight is a school board meeting, and our chief information officer will be presenting the latest batch of data. He he'll have that broken out by school, so we'll be able to look for any patterns to see if uh, perhaps in a certain part of the city the numbers have dropped more significantly than in other areas. That'll help us get a better feel for what's going on, and maybe try to figure out how we can. Figure out what's going on with those families, if it's just um, a lack of communication and we still need to go out and find more students, or if there might be something else going on. Hmm. Uh, how are things? How are spirits uh, amongst teachers, administrators, and students? Is everyone, uh, uh, is everyone excited about this? Uh, are folks learning? How's it going, just overall? You know, ups and downs, we expected that, but I think overall we're just excited to be online and to have school again after our first try, second try, third try last week. We were thrilled to just get some students online yesterday. And, of course, we had a few uh, tech glitches, which was to be expected when we're making such a big shift. 
But I know our IT help desk is working really hard to get to families who need that support, and we're hopeful that things will smooth out as we as we get a couple more days under our belt. Uh, and I'm sure that you are asked this question ad nauseum, and uh, I'm just going to add uh, my own ask uh, before I let you go. Uh, a- any change, uh, any sense of a timeline still, or are we still kind of just waiting for things to improve uh, uh, down the road? Yeah, just waiting for things to improve. The board is committed to making sure that those numbers are going down for COVID tests in the county before we come back in person, but it's something that they're checking regularly. I'm sure that'll come up um, in future board meetings. And just so families are aware, we won't make the change until the end of a grading period. So it won't be um, on a Friday, we see the numbers go down and we'll start on Monday. We'll wait until the end of a grading period to the end of a midterm or the end of a quarter to make sure that that transition is uh, a little more smooth for families, but also for teachers who have to plan their lessons. A little bit of continuity for the education plan. Right, exactly. So we'll have a little bit of time. It won't be a sudden change when that happens. All right. Well, we will uh, certainly keep an eye on that, and I'll be eager to hear uh, the new data released tonight. Maybe maybe we'll get a better sense of where these uh, 3,000 students have ended up, those who have uh, since disappeared from the rolls here this past year. Uh, Yandri Chatwin with the Salt Lake City School District, thank you so much for talking to me. Uh, best of luck to you. Thanks so much, Lee. All righty. We'll talk to you later. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. When we return... We've kicked off a, a trend here on the, the program this week. We have been looking at things that are pretty much common sense, right? You see one thing happen, and the prediction is that this will be the result. Well, there is a cost associated with the lost school time. All that time that the students spent at home not learning earlier this year, well, some smart scientists have broken down exactly what the price of that is. We'll break that down next on Live Mike. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor... You'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.